most people put other people first or the happiness of other people, right? So we want to please others. We want to make sure everyone is fine. And that's part of our feminine nature. Like we are nurturers. We are givers, right? We want to give, we want to make sure everything and everyone is all right, but we cannot do it at our own expense. And I'm sure you've heard this thing, you know, fill your own cup first. <laughs> like it is actually serious. You have to fill your own cup first or you're showing up to your friends or to work with 10% of your energy left, right? So instead of putting everyone else first, can you put yourself first? Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. All right, everyone, I am so, so excited to have Martina Fink on the podcast. She is out of Switzerland and she is a holistic health and beauty coach. And she is also the host of the Glow Life podcast. And we have so much to dive into. I have so many questions for her about the work that she's doing for women. It is really needed in this world. And I can't wait to learn more about her and share her wisdom with you all. So Martina, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you and talk about dreaming big and living slow because they're both very exciting things. Yes, yes. So can we just start with kind of your journey into entrepreneurship? So, you know, where did you start and how did you land into coaching? Yeah, so this goes back many, many, many years (laughs) in Like after university, I started working at Apple as a store manager or in a, like I was in a trainee program to become a store manager. And I really loved working there. I love the people, philosophy, like everything. I learned so much about myself, but there was just this creative element missing. Growing up, my parents would always, specifically, my mom would be like very creative with us of like crafting things and doing things, right? And as soon as you get into this work life, Like you don't have time, you don't have time, you don't have energy for anything else but work. And maybe like a year, a bit over a year into working, I decided to become a makeup artist just for fun. And like, I'm not even wearing makeup now, (laughs) but I was like, I want to do something creative in my free time, you know? And I realized how easy it was to use makeup and how much confidence it gave me And I wanted to basically share it with other women because what I usually see with makeup is like, you know, orange cheeks and like really dark eyebrows or, you know, eyeliner. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just so easy to learn simple things. And that's pretty much how I then started. Like I was still working full time. I started a blog on the side, started to write about makeup and little 
health tips and beauty tips and stuff like that. And over the years, it just became more of a desire that I wanted to pursue this. And I started negotiating at work, whether I could work part time and things like that. And, you know, eventually I just decided to find another part time job and quit and like dive in. I didn't really have a big plan. I just knew I had this mission on my heart to help women feel more beautiful and confident. And soon this like outside beauty makeup thing revealed that there is so much more to dive into, like the way you eat, the way you sleep, the way you treat yourself and all these like self-care things that I didn't really know how to pass them on to others. So I decided to become a certified health coach and learn more about holistic health, like all the aspects of health and not just the, you know, outer appearance. And yeah, that has been, I graduated in 2017. So it's been quite a few years of coaching and evolving myself. And like, I feel like every year I'm a different person and working with different kind of women, but yeah. So now I'm coaching specifically high achieving perfectionist women who are like I used to be, you know, with the high expectations of yourself and never feeling like you're doing enough and you're fast enough and productive enough and can help them slow down a little. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's something in our entrepreneurial nature that kind of we think makes us good at being an entrepreneur. But in fact, we don't necessarily need to be obsessed with more or be obsessed with being perfect Even in entrepreneurship, there is a way to do it without that. So can you talk about how you kind of coach women, you know, a summary of how you coach women through some of those habitual thoughts that we have? Yeah. So generally, my clients aren't necessarily entrepreneurs. Some of them might want to become and already have an idea or are like yoga teachers and want to start a business, things like that. But I also work with a lot of women in corporate jobs in like high positions and, you know, have certain responsibility. So that's a very big question to answer. But (laughs) I would say (laughs) usually there's a couple of things. One of them is that most people live from the outside in. So whatever other people are saying, whatever other people are doing, like that's what matters to them. And that's how we compare ourselves, right? If am I doing enough? Are people liking what I do? Are people liking me? Like all these things where we feel like the outside world defines our worth, right? And that's one of the main shifts that has to happen. It's not about other people. It doesn't matter what other people think. The only thing that matters is what you think of yourself, right? Do you think that you're enough? Do you think that you're beautiful? And that is one of the biggest shifts that has to happen. Yeah. And I say entrepreneurs because a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs. But yeah, anyone who is career focused or that workaholic tendency, it's common in a lot of entrepreneurs. But can you tell me some of the big things that the common themes that you see amongst all your clients of what is the biggest barrier to, you know, fully loving yourself, fully accepting life as it is, you know? I'm just taking notes because there's like so many things that are coming to mind. (laughs) So the first thing is that most people put other people first or the happiness of other people, right? So we want to please others. We want to make sure everyone is fine. And that's part of our feminine nature. Like we are nurturers. We are givers, right? We want to give. We want to make sure everything and everyone is all right, but we cannot do it at our own expense. And I'm sure you've heard this thing 
you know, fill your own cup first. <laughs> like it is actually serious. You have to fill your own cup first or you're showing up to your friends or to work with 10% of your energy left, right? So instead of putting everyone else first, can you put yourself first? Can you make sure that when you leave the house or when you open your laptop and you talk to your clients that you're actually filled up to the brain and like you're glowing and feeling healthy and confident about yourself, no matter what everyone else is doing. So I would say that's one thing. It's very common. Another thing is that most people have some sort of past trauma, right? For me, that was that I was bullied when I was little. And like, I was always trying to fit into the box and to please everyone and make sure I'm liked. So I was not really being myself, but I was living for other people. And this feeling of not being good enough is not just going to go away because it's a trauma, right? Everyone has some sort of experience where we're not good enough. So we have to do more. We have to show up more. We have to give more so that we can kind of get to that standard of being enough, which we will never achieve. Yeah. <laughs> so a big part of that is also going for most people is going back into childhood and, and look at where was I treated like I'm not enough? Where was I showing up with fear? And it can have to do something with school experiences. It can be a caregiver, a parent that treated you a certain way. And we have to emotionally heal these past experiences, or you will always show up with the same energy at work, right? I'm not good enough. People are not going to sign up. My prices are too high. Like I cannot help people. I don't know enough. I need to take another course. I need to, you know, do another certification. Like, no, you don't. If you're willing to look at your core wound mm -hmm. of why am I not good enough and why do I need to struggle to really receive this validation from other people, that is really important. Yeah, yeah. It's that peace that you can only find internally. It's like we use so many external factors. We think that external factors are what are going to make the difference mm. in our happiness and our joy, our peace. And ultimately, it can only be found when we fully accept that we don't have to do or become anything in order to be enough. What are some tools that you use to like, overcome this mentality yeah. So a lot of it is emotional healing. It's also mental stuff like mindset work. But the first thing that I usually begin with with my clients is get them to get enough sleep. Because when we're not well rested, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening has experienced days where you're, you didn't sleep enough, you didn't sleep well, and then you're angry and you're frustrated and you're irritable. And like, that's just going to carry on, right? If you don't sleep enough for a long period of time, we are really sleep deprived, then emotionally, you're going to be a wreck anyway. So yeah, that's number one thing, like really making sure you sleep enough, you drink enough water, you take breaks, you don't like eat your lunch at your desk and you, you know, eat dinner while watching Netflix, like really do one thing at a time. Mm, that's powerful. So I would say sleep. And then one thing at a time. And then I always say, if you don't have five minutes, you don't have a life. So I encourage them to take five minutes for yourself. It doesn't really matter what you do, whether you do a meditation or you just sit there with a cup of tea or coffee or glass of wine or whatever, like take five minutes every day to just be and don't 
do something like don't do the dishes or laundry or, you know, work like five minutes. And then from there you can build it up. Like for me now it's like an hour and a half or something every day, but it doesn't have to start there. So we want to make sure that when you set a goal of taking time for yourself and doing self-care, it's like something where you set yourself up to win. Yeah. How did you get to the point where you prioritize that to the point where you got to an hour and a half, you know, because that's the hardest part is your mind is like, well, this is not important. Yeah. Well, that's not really true, right? When we have these thoughts, when we have these thoughts, like that's maybe one of the next steps, like after you physically take care of your body and your physical needs, like then we can move on to what are the beliefs I'm telling myself? Like, oh, it's not important. And then you ask yourself, is this actually true? What is the truth here? Like you are more important than the work or you're equally important than the work. So we need to start challenging those beliefs and those thoughts that pop up in your mind of like work is more important. Other people are more important and like take it from there. That's so good. So good. And can we talk a little bit about some of your self-care practices? Yes, of course. Like journaling, meditation, you know, how did you get into those, prioritize those? Because as a avid meditation, I meditate and journal daily. It's really important. I'm curious, you know, your practice. Yeah. My practice used to be very consistent and pretty much the same every day. And it has changed a little over the past two years or so. So I totally believe in routines. Like it's very important for me personally to have a routine. Like I know I don't start work before 12, like before noon. My morning is always, I sleep in, I make breakfast, I drink hot water. I usually journal and Sometimes I work out not every day, but maybe every, maybe like two, three times a day I work out. And then sometimes I meditate. Sometimes I move my body more with like healing music. So it's more like healing dance. Sometimes I shake things off my body. So I do a lot of work with my physical body and with the mind with like journaling and stuff. And I think it's important to be flexible because the more specifically perfectionists have the idea of like, this has to be my perfect morning routine. And if I don't do one thing, I'm going to beat myself up, right? So we have to kind of, again, get into this feminine energy of like allowing ourselves to be flexible and flow with maybe with your cycle, maybe with your stress levels, maybe with your, you know, whatever you have on your calendar. And not every day has to be the same, but there has to be some space in your day. Yes, I love that. What I'm hearing a lot of is, you know, the connection to our mind with our body. And I feel like a lot of times in this work, sometimes with mindfulness and meditation, we can get so in our heads or even just healing past traumas. We think that our mind can solve everything. So can you talk a little bit about the importance and the connection between the mind and body? Yeah. So there's this really powerful mind-body connection that I think is massively underrated. (laughs) The simplest thing that I very often see in my clients is headaches, right? So why do you think people get a headache or shoulder pain? Headache, because you're constantly thinking, overworking yourself, feeling overwhelmed. Of course, your body is going to give you a signal that you have to stop because there is too much energy happening in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. So What I believe is that our body is always here to communicate with us. And side note, we only have this one body. So you want to make sure that it stays healthy and vital 
you know, until the day you die. So you don't get a replacement. You don't get a second chance with your body, really. So yeah, your body's here to communicate with you and to tell you this is going in the right direction. Headache, this is going the wrong direction. Like you need a break. You need to slow down, right? It used to happen a lot to me that as soon as when I was still working full time as an employee, as soon as I was going on vacation, like I would get sick, you know, because my body didn't have the time to really get sick while I was working because I was constantly running on adrenaline. And as soon as I gave my body a break, it's like, you know what, you need an actual yeah. really long break, right? So headache is one thing. Shoulder pain is because you carry so much around with you. So like there's a lot of your own expectations and pressure, but maybe there's also stuff from other people, from parents or family that you're carrying around with you. So we get to understand that your body is trying to communicate with you and ask yourself, well, what does that maybe, what is my body trying to tell me? Yeah, that's super powerful. And do you use meditation to tune into your body or is it that stillness that really helps you kind of connect to your body's needs? It's a couple of different things. It's even hard for me to imagine how it was in the beginning <laughs> because it's so... I know some of these things that I, I totally understand that when you're trying to explain how you got somewhere, it's like, wait, wh- how did I start? <laughs> yeah. So I do a lot of chakra work and with the different chakras, the chakras are energy centers along our spine. And depending on which chakra you feel is like blocked, it may feel dark. It may feel really hard to breathe into that space that can say a lot about what's going on. So for me, it was often throat blocks. Like I was not speaking up. I was not expressing myself as a result of my past in school, right? And so I would often feel like this block in my throat or I would have a sore throat or I would be coughing a lot. And so this was a sign that I'm not truly speaking up. So I could ask myself, like, what am I trying to express you? What am I not expressing? What would I really want to say that I'm not saying? So it's a mix of that kind of just observing when you meditate, like, where do I feel constricted? Where do I feel expansion in my body? And then after that, you can have some specific journaling prompts that are for, you know, specific chakras or energy centers. And then that can help you kind of get to the root cause of things or can help you get your own advice, really. That's incredible. I love the chakras, like talking a little bit about that, if you don't mind a little bit more about it, because I feel like it's a lot of people, well, I don't know, a lot of people in the spiritual world maybe know about it, but maybe not entrepreneurs. So what are some of the common themes, again, that you maybe see in your clients as well that comes up for the chakras that you know shows up in the body? Yeah. So first, I want to say that, especially when you have your own business, you really cannot separate yourself from the business. You know, if you are not like for me, it was really hard to use my voice my entire life. So imagine now I have this business where I'm supposed to help others, but how am I going to talk about it? Right. It was really hard for me in the beginning to like show up on video or do a live or even write an email. Like I would constantly have these fears of what are people going to think? And you know, What if everyone unsubscribes when I send an email and all these things? So it's very together (laughs) when you have your own business. Right. And that's why you cannot really go around your own personal problems. Like you have to face them in order to succeed in your business. 
And so it's interesting how in my private life, I was struggling with expressing my emotions and my feelings. And then that just translated into the business, right? So whatever you're struggling with in your business, there is probably a personal element of it that you need to look at. Right. That's so powerful. So I would say the most common chakra blocks that I see in my clients is one, what I mentioned earlier, the headache. So third eye chakra, third eye chakra is all about having clarity and inward reflection and truly trusting your intuition. People who overthink, they are completely disconnected from the lower parts of your body, right? And your intuition sits in your gut. So how can you trust your body and trust your gut feeling if your head is about to explode, right? It's like most people just live from here up. Mm -hmm. So overthinking, feeling overwhelmed, lack of clarity, like maybe having a million ideas and not knowing which one to pick or having no idea or not knowing what the next step is, right? It can be both. And it really takes some time to sit down and ask yourself, like, why am I feeling so overwhelmed? What is adding to this? What can I remove? What would help me give clarity? Maybe get rid of the phone that distracts you and like, think about where all the elements are coming in that are making you feel so scattered in your mind. That's really good. I think that's something really powerful with trusting your intuition. When we have so much outside noise, like on our phones or from other people in business, it can be really hard to truly tune into yourself and know what's your truth and what is your center, your soul, rather than your ego and the opinions of everyone else. So I think that tuning into the chakras, it's such good advice for entrepreneurs and seeing where those blocks are, because I'm sure so many can relate to you know your story of not being able to speak up or confidence even in the words you're saying. So it's really powerful. I was going to ask, so this podcast is called Dream Big Live Slow. And the reason it's called that is to kind of find that sweet spot between, you know, with dreaming big, sometimes we can become so obsessed with more. Yeah. And then with living slow, you know, sometimes we can become complacent. So how is it that you found that sweet spot? What's a healthy way that, you know, you dream big for your business and your life, but keeping it healthy and not, you know, obsessed with always needing more? Yeah. When it comes to dreaming big, I just really tune into my heart. I get really triggered by all these coaches and people who constantly say like, here's how to make 10K a month. Here's how to make six figures, seven figures. Like, yes, we want to make money and we want to be financially independent and we want to be able to support others, but money should never be the driving force in your business, right? And whenever I can get that out of the way and think about what do I want to do? What does my heart really want to do? Like what would make me really happy? And what would excite me? That's when I find what I need to follow next. Like recently in May, I had like a total inspiration burnout. Like I had no idea what I was doing. It's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Like, I just want to go on vacation, not worry about anything. Right. And so I started writing down all the different ideas that I had. And I thought, I asked myself, which ones excite me and which ones would just be like, oh, I would just do it because I feel like I have to. 
So those ideas already fall away, right? So I only really do what excites me. If there is an element of something that tells me like, this really doesn't feel good, or I notice how I'm procrastinating all about it, right? I'm not doing the things that I thought I would want to do, then I just drop them. Nobody tells me what I need to do. This is my own business. I get to do and choose whatever I want to do. Like that's why you start a business, right? So you don't have to do things you don't want to do. Yeah, I think it's so powerful to listen into your body when you can feel when things are not aligned. And it's just naturally part of running a business. Like it's going to happen where you're following something and then you get caught up in motives that are not true to you. And I am the same exact way. I cannot get myself to say, I'm making five figures, I'm making six figures, whatever it is. You know, I truly feel like when I'm focused on that, and even manifestation, people take it spiritually and say, manifest how much money you want. But when you focus on those things, it can really block, you know, what your heart truly needs and wants in this lifetime. And it's definitely not going to fulfill you to focus on acquiring, you know, money and financial gains. Yeah. The feeling of excitement is truly relevant. It's the thing that counts the most. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your podcast and what that journey has been like? I'm curious, you know, how has that been a way to speak to others and what have you kind of learned from that? So it has been a big healing journey for me, I believe, specifically because I was struggling with openly talking about, you know, my beliefs and what I want to do in this world. And the podcast has really helped me for myself, just kind of talk about all these things that I'm passionate about. And I think we have 139 episodes or something and up to probably episode 100, all of it were interviews. So it wasn't really even about me. I just you know, help the space for the conversations. And that felt really good for me. So that has been really beautiful to kind of use my voice in a different way. So it's not just about me, but it's about the bigger thing, right? I try to get myself out of the equation and not make it about me, but like using myself as a vessel to spread a message and help others. So I would say that has probably been the biggest lesson for me. And I've just also... As a side effect, I would say I have made some really nice connections with some of my podcast guests that I didn't know before, and I got to know them and, you know, stay connected and kind of support each other on our journeys. And that's another really beautiful result of the podcast, I would say. I absolutely feel that and see that and connect you to so many cool people around the world with like minds, you know? Yeah. How has that been important for you for your business journey, your entrepreneurial journey to, you know, have a community of people that are similar to you? Very important, actually. Like, I would say it's very few that I would count as really good friends and supporters, but just being able to talk about certain things that you might not be able to talk about with your family or friends, you know, it's very, very powerful to have this kind of I don't want to say connection, but yeah, connection and network where, you know, you can just talk about podcasting and things and community and online stuff, right? That other people just don't really understand because they're in a different industry. So 
Can we talk a little bit about the importance of feminine energy? Because I've heard you talk about this before. So I think that what's really common in entrepreneurs is shifting into that masculine energy and really just like getting lost in it. Um, So can you talk about the differences between masculine and feminine energy and why both are important in business and life? So first of all, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever gender you identify with, we all have both energies. It's like yin and yang, it's like day and night, right? They can only coexist. And the masculine energy is probably what most people are more familiar with, which is a lot of doing. It's uh, performing at work. It's getting results. It's measurable. It's this really, in a society, very highly valued you know, characteristic of being a successful person in society, in a company. So that's what I would say we are educated to become, right? You go to school, as soon as you start school at like age six or seven, all that counts is that you start learning, that you start getting marks, that you sit still and that you do this the perfect way, right? And if it's wrong, it's wrong. There's always wrong and right. And imagine from an age six or seven, being programmed that this is the way to live and this is the way to be successful and this is the way to receive love, right? In the end, we all want to just be loved. So with good grades, you get love from your teacher, you get love from your parents and like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as there's the balance with the feminine. So feminine energy is more of the being. Typical, I would say typical jobs for very feminine energy would be like, a kindergarten teacher or a nurse that is very like nurturing and loving and giving and taking care of others, right? So that kind of energy. And so it's also the playful side of things when kids go to school and they also do things for fun. And it's not they go to school and they do some other hobbies that are all about being measured, right? Or being or all about being performing. Yeah. So there's the balance of these two is really important. And I see in entrepreneurs specifically that there's a very high masculine energy that needs a little more balance with the feminine of like not obsessing over your to-do lists and taking days off and taking a proper break to eat lunch and taking weekends off and going on vacation, right? Like all these things where do self-care every day where you put yourself first and you get the balance of doing and being because the true success, I believe, that's my personal belief, will not just come with you performing. Like You can achieve a certain level of success by working really hard, right? Right. But if you work really hard for five or 10 years, you're going to burn out. Yeah. And we don't want to get there. So we want to get there and feel great. Like we want to get there and feel balanced and feel at peace and have 10 years where you actually enjoy your life. Right. And not just make it to the finish line. Right. It's about sustainable. We hear so much about scaling your business, scaling your business, growing your business. Yeah. But how do we do that sustainably? And I totally think it's a slower pace where we prioritize ourselves. That's really good. Really good advice for all of us entrepreneurs. Yeah. And again, like tap into that feeling again. If someone is telling you this is how you scale your business. And I was recently in a coaching program. They're like, you know, this is just what you need to go through. This is just what it's like. It's going to be hard. I'm like, I'm not available for hard. Yeah. I don't want to suffer while I scale. 
I'm going to make it my way. And maybe it's not as fast and maybe it's not as big, but at least I'm not burning myself out in the process. Right. Because, I mean, we are not promised anything more than what we have right now. (laughs) We don't know if we're going to make it to that launch. So what, do we want to spend you know, all that time just hustling and focused on something that is not ultimately going to fulfill us. So that's really good. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, is there anything else like specifically that you feel was pivotal in your journey to running a business the way that you want to, a way that, you know, blends your life with your business in you know, a harmonious way, I guess. Yeah, I think I want to go back to the dream big and the vision kind of thing. So that was one thing. The other thing was support. So I so often journaled on what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to feel when I have this business and this life? I call it the glow life. Like, what does that mean for me? And all the time I would write down, I sleep in every morning, I wake up well-rested, I would take some time for myself. And then when I start working, I work with the most amazing clients and I take time, you know, to go for a walk or to work out. And like all of that was in my written vision. And then you just start with one thing and you ask yourself like, okay, (laughs) there was a time where I started working at eight or nine. Like I would get up and the first thing I would do was working like it used to be right. But I didn't start my business to be a slave to my business again, like I was to a job, you know, that told me you have to be here and there at this time. Like I wanted to create a business that gave me the freedom that I can choose. So that vision was to take it slow in the mornings. And then I was like, well, that's actually something I can do now, right? Often we have this vision of, I don't know, I want to buy a house. I want to travel the world. I want to do all these things that are maybe very much in the future. But a lot of the things that I found in my vision were always things that I don't need to wait five years to sleep in every morning, right? And then can I allow myself to do that now? And yeah, build the boundaries about how I want to work. So I just decided I'm not going to work before 10 a.m. And then I was like, well, maybe I don't work before 11. And now I start working at 12. And that feels really good for me. And I still work many hours. You know, I'm a night owl. Sometimes I work until like 9 or 10 p.m. And that's okay with me, but I have my mornings and that makes me really happy. That's amazing. I think that that's really kind of the beauty of entrepreneurship that a lot of people think it's, oh, you get to do what you love in entrepreneurship and work for yourself. But actually the beauty is like making, following your dreams look exactly how you want to. So you don't have to you can have a little of everything. You really can't have it all with entrepreneurship. You know, if you, of course, it's like some things are a luxury and a privilege, but like you can get there to have a little of everything. So. Yeah. And you decide, you decide, like if you're your own boss, you make the rules and you play by your own rules. And if you don't like the rules, then you get to change them. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's so good. And then how can people, you know, work with you, listen to your podcast? What will they get from your podcast? What will they get from working with you? Yeah. So you can find all the details on martinafink.com or on my Instagram in my bio at Martina Glows. 
The podcast is called The Glow Life Podcast. So it's all about living a glowing life. And we cover a variety of topics from like healthy eating to mindset stuff to emotional stuff to healing stuff and like anything that has to do with living a glowing life. And you can go kind of pick whatever topics interest you. Specifically, some episodes are for perfectionists. So if you are one, definitely go check it out. And in order to work with me, there's a couple different ways. I have a free self-care guide for perfectionists that you can download. There's also a mini course to quit overwhelm for anyone experiencing a lot of like headaches and stuff like that. And then I do have very limited one-on-one support. I have some group programs that start regularly. So for now, that's what I can offer. Incredible. Well, I would say that's just a few things that people could go look into. That's awesome. I would definitely want to check out your mini course. Thank you so much, Martina, for being on here, sharing your wisdom. I really think that there's so much value in what you offer. And I'm just so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk about all these things. And I just think life will be so amazing for so many women if we can tap more into this slowness of life and like enjoying it and savoring it rather than just rushing through the next (laughs) through to the next goal you know absolutely so thank you for sharing all of this thank you so much such a good episode am i right am i right okay thank you for listening i hope that you loved it as much as i did i am officially launching some group coaching starting in the beginning of 2022 and I want you guys all to just have that on your radar we'll start with some free meditation sessions for sure and then I will be offering group coaching so keep it on your radar if you're interested in learning more about mindfulness and meditation and about dreaming big and living slow and finding that sweet spot All my love to you. Please connect with us online if you listened and loved this episode. And I hope you just have the most beautiful day and big virtual hugs to you. All my love.